this is a podcast uh, featuring me, Brandon. And me, James. We are two, uh, two dudes on a journey to understand <laughs> polarizing films. Uh, the concept of this show is that we're talking about polarizing movies and polarizing strictly in the sense of Rotten Tomatoes and the despair and movies that have a large disparity between uh, audience scores and critic scores. This week, we're talking Spy Kids. Spy Kids. 2001. Again, another 2001 movie. I don't know if we did this on purpose, but previously, uh, before last week, well, we did a 2001 movie last week, and then the two movies before mm-hmm. last week were both 2012 movies. Mm. And now we're doing 2002, 2001 movies, which I thought was like- kind of, <laughs> it was honestly a, an honest coincidence <laughs> why this is happening. <laughs> that is a fun, yeah, it's like there's, it's like there's a glitch in the matrix. It's some number, you know, a number thing is happening without us purposely doing it. Yeah, two zeros and ones, any, any combination is, is uh is what we're attracted to but also it, mm. it, it is interesting and i know we've done this with the two 2012 movies as well as you know i can see my i already see myself kind of just hearkening back to last week a little bit with just the tendencies in the filmmaking and, and everything they're very vastly different movies but just within the time period that they came out it's interesting to draw comparisons there um mm, totally yeah, especially like, yeah, like, like Cosmopolis and Spring Breakers. You know, I think one of the points we made was the type of people that were cast within those movies and them trying to branch out from Disney personas and uh, Robert Pattinson branching out from like Twilight Universe. And here it's a different conversation, but <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, 2001 is an, is an interesting year for many reasons, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's a year of things just looking really terrible, maybe, is the kind of prevailing theme yeah. there. Because, um, yeah, there's just, man, the look of this movie is really red. The, I, the poster is really apt because there is just this, yeah, this rust color mm. su- supplanted in so much of this movie and i don't i don't understand why like what that i guess is coming from to me it seems like it comes from those like a- action movies of the late 90s like your nicholas cage movies mm-hmm. or offshoots of that had this particular i'm trying to think of michael bay dabbled in this i what comes to mind is who's the director of um Mission Impossible 2 and... Um, is it John Woo? John Woo, yeah. There's, uh, there's this color to these movies um, that just seems, yeah, so inspired by it. And there really is a look of this movie, too, that is wholly Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. Like the, that's, a big fa- that's a big factor in it, for mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. And he's, you know, he's been known to be um, 
a cenophile, right? Is that a cenophile? Cenophos. Ceno. Uh, cenophile. And... <laughs> I was thinking of alien. I was like, he's a, yeah. he's a xenomorph? He's, a, he's part xeno, part, or he's like really a huge fan of xenomorphs from the movie Alien. He's like a xenophile. He's like a huge, he knows all the different, all the different aliens and the different subspecies, like the dog one from the Alien 3. Sorry, I just went on a huge alien kick and there's, it gets weird in those later ones. <laughs> I mean, this movie is very weird and has a lot of weird monsters in it. So I, I don't, I, I don't think it's a stretch to think that he likes uh, <laughs> xenomorphs and could potentially be a xenophile. <laughs> we shouldn't put it past him. Yeah, he could, he, he, he could be somebody that I could look to, look, look to the for my information on on all, all things xenomorph. There, yeah, there are very disturbing images in this movie, and I don't like. I, I yeah, it made me uncomfortable and sick a little bit. Uh, yeah, there were just a couple times in this movie where I, it's the practical effects, and then it's obviously the world that Floop lives in that yeah. is really like wildly unsettling. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> a, oh man, it, it just. So much of this movie I was thinking about, because you're presented pretty quickly into like who Floop is. Um, actually, before we get into Floop, let's I, I want to talk about the opening scene, because it was it, there was a couple things that really cracked me up about um, the introduction to the parents being spies through uh, what what's her name? Uh, Carla Gugino. Oh, yeah. Uh, telling alexa now pina vega which is kind of funny to me because her name used to be alexa vega oh. and then she married somebody whose last name is pina vega oh oh so she kept the vega <laughs> yeah. she was able oh, to wow. keep the vega. look at that <laughs> <laughs> she's like just, these are my I, qualifications <laughs> yeah, uh, when I saw that, I was like, oh, maybe she got married and it was this thing of like, I just joining the last two names together. Um, but no, the guy that she married is last name was Pina Vega. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Oh. Hey, I mean, to put it out there, my last name is Lindsay. My first girlfriend's name was Lindsay. Was Lindsay, yeah. And exactly. it was a bad idea, but may I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but there was a possibility if i if i married my my uh I, it was middle school <laughs> my very first mm -hmm. girlfriend sweetheart my middle school middle school sweetheart she would have been a Lindsay Lindsay if she decided to take take my last name and uh i don't know maybe I, I, maybe she was doing what alexa was doing and and using using me so she didn't have to i don't know fill out her name twice she could just put a little like Lindsay squared <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Alexa. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the mathematical equation of like Alexa Vega to Alexa Pina Vega, or just, is that like an, is that like an evolution or something like a Pokemon? It's a square. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's there this is her, 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 her. Yeah, this is her final form. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just the funny thing is that name really like had juice in in my going down that rabbit hole because then I was like okay so who's this who's this guy that she's with because because I okay and I think of part of the fuel too is that she was I was eleven when this movie came out mm -hmm. and so she Same. was hot to me yes and 
which which was funny because I just uh, what she was wearing in that in that movie made me think than what I thought dressing like a cool person was. And the yeah. stuff that these kids wear in this movie looks so stupid. I think I they always look, I always kind of thought Juno was kind of like, I don't know when I'm going to wear like that vest. That That's a little that's a little much. But uh, yeah, I I had a crush on Alexa Vega, but I think something with Carla Gugino sparked something in me at a very, very young uh, age that I was kind of. Oh, yeah. And I think 11, you're kind of still you're like middle school. You kind of hate, yeah. hate girls so a little bit and everything. Um, but Carla Gugino, yeah. man. Yeah, she's she's gorgeous. Absolutely stunning. Uh, not Spanish, though which was a little confusing to me because I just didn't quite understand because there's definitely this like Latino or Latinx heritage. I, I, I can't remember what the preferred term is. I think it's Latinx. Uh, like culture being uh, put on display here. Mm-hmm. And there are, there are things about which they just crop up in the fucking weirdest things too because one, I will just say this, we'll, we can talk about it later, but when they meet... Uh, uh machete uh machete hell yeah and they're they're having dinner and there's supposed to be this commentary on like what a like you know what a dinner table would look like in a latinx household and then there's just pig intestines like an enormous bowl of pig intestines (laughs) to the point where it's just overflowing and it falls off and then uh carmen is like well i'm i can't have that now right. part of this cute oh it was the fucking weirdest thing but <laughs> so so there is something inherently like yeah the culture is on display here and it just was interesting to me that they don't touch on i mean she's not she's not latin x is she i could have sworn she's italian oh yeah i don't know i didn't think about that at all and it didn't really matter to me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sorry i just i guess i i was yeah there was so much of um and if yeah i don't know maybe it was it was important i i guess it's just also to having antonio banderas in there and there was so much about talking about what you know he even comments like oh latin men are so sensitive and and then there's also the uh uncles and having (laughs) which i mean the uncle character by cheech marin was great his whole uncle disguise just has a must mustache and that's it he's like i'm not your uncle (laughs) that stuff i was like super on board for dude to be honest i fucking love this movie and i have few notes like i i love it and there's plenty of things to talk about of like that are so wacky and 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 crazy about it and and yeah that i should probably take like a second look at some of the stuff but and I, I, I'm sure it's just colored by my opinion as a child watching it and everything, but I had such a fun time watching this movie. It was, it was so much fun. And I think that I hadn't seen it in a while. And it probably the last time I saw it was as a kid. And I mentioned, I think last week that I, this is probably one of my first uh, DVDs that I owned. And it was just like mm-hmm. on, on repeat a lot. I think when uh, we transferred into having DVDs and I think the novelty of that was so great as far as like, I, I got a home computer in my room as well. And so I just like, I would go and I would be in my room and uh, throw on just like movies and stuff. Cause I didn't have like cable or anything. So I'd put on like Monty Python or Lord of the Rings or, or whatever. And I, maybe spy kids jumped in there too. I might've been a little old at that point, but I just remember like that being always available and always being like a good thing 
to throw on maybe no no maybe i have i have i have definitely have some notes that's that i'm just expressing that like i really do have a good time with this movie and uh to your point of the um yeah the the latinx uh kind of um whole inspiration of of everything mm-hmm. in this movie yeah it does come out in in interesting ways and like the i was like man there's a whole this definitely sounds like a danny elfman uh score the whole time i was watching the movie because it's so it and it matches everything so well if there's ever a time for a danny elfman score it'd be the image the images that are portrayed on this movie especially all the floop stuff it just mm-hmm. screams like danny elfman and I don't know, like um, Tim Burton a little bit, I guess, but just like the weird shit that was being presented. But yeah, Los Lobos are, I noticed that they were, they were part of the making the music as well. And there's a lot of these cool, like guitar licks that happen in the movie that like, totally. like a lot of times where that like comes across as like really cheesy or, or, mm-hmm. or stupid when you use guitar in, in, in music scores or like in the sense that it's almost used in a way it's like, Oh, something's cool is happening. Like fucking American outlaws where it's like, I mean, that's on electric. Yeah, they actually use electric guitars. Yeah, that's actually a great example when they're riding their horses through the plains. It's like, let's play some badass rock music. And it's like in the script, this has to be badass rock music. So we have to make badass rock music. And so they try to make it and it doesn't, it's not badass. It's in their mind, it's badass. But Mm -hmm. this one was like cool that it had that, uh, that guitar kind of, kind of flavor in it. But then there were there were other times where it was felt like it was battling with Danny Elfman because <laughs> they were so they were so different as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, there is a magical element to this movie, like, mm-hmm. a, and it's it was so interesting to see when that magical element was presented first because it's. It's really in Antonio Banderas passing the ring uh, on the Eiffel Tower because, you know, she's being, uh, Carmen is being told by her mother, uh, Ingrid, that this story of two spies falling in love, which the ending of it really does need a new ending. Carmen was absolutely correct because it's just like, oh, and they, you know, it's not they live happily ever Mm -hmm. after. She just like, give, like, she loses gas at the end of it and she's like and then they just you know stop <laughs> and then now i'm gonna just stop stop talking about it go to bed go to bed go to bed go to bed and oh there was this the okay this movie set me off just on a on a vibe right off the bat because immediately i was confronted with well this is out of place and it's uh carla gugino ingrid is starting the story and uh Carmen is per- like commenting on that she's heard it and she's like filling in the points of the story she's like oh and then they did this and then they were this and then they were spies like she knew the story then they abandoned her knowing the story to at the end of it she's like oh what happened to them oh you know oh that's how the you know you need she's like mm-hmm. un- by the ending of it and it was the yeah it was just this clear thing that i noticed of guys you had to pick you can't have it both ways you can't have her being like you know the the spunky kid who already knows the story is like yeah mom i've heard this already (laughs) have that energy but then also (laughs) what happens next (laughs) what happens next oh tell Tell me me more more. how does it end 
And they just like <laughs> get that right, and that just like uh, is kind of uh, maybe really symbolic of how this film is in its entirety is it tries to have two things in the same movie mm. and like there's a lot of times where those two things are just really at odds with each other mm. where they don't they oh i would say too a majority of it is it visually doesn't fit in the movie there are it's grading these... the visuals in this movie at this point in time yeah it's it's mm -hmm. it, it's a lot of that stuff doesn't necessarily <laughs> hold up well yeah the idea, I think that all the ideas are there and their original ideas and they're, and they're strange. Um, but they are all seeming, com seeming to come from the same, a singular person, which is Robert Rodriguez, who had written by, directed by, and edited by Robert mm -hmm. Rodriguez. And yeah, I, I'm, I don't know this, the story of it, but yeah, it seems like he wanted to make a movie for his kids, but he's still just like a weird dude <laughs> that, yeah, like, make, that makes like, uh, what he made from dust till dawn right is that, is that mm -hmm. the, did he make that one yet um, yeah yeah just like weird he's made a bunch of other stuff too but uh well, for him to go could to go on this lane you know he's kind of trying to pick, change his lane as far as a director a little bit i'm like i'm gonna make a kid's movie and for him to be already kind of have that foundation as as a director that uh studios can trust and having the ability to to come up with all these interesting ideas um yeah was was something that like they were like, oh, well, we have all this new technology that let's just fuck with it. Like, let's have some fun and like, let's see what kind of weird stuff we can do. So much so that you can already see, and I haven't seen this one. I've seen the first two Spy Kids movies, but I, from what I remember, I believe the third one is like in a video game VR world. And you really mm -hmm. see the beginnings of that when they're in the flute, flute uh, world and like, Excellent. and there's the VR, whole big VR room and it's just this... They can they're just having fun and really they're making gonna make flute big and they're gonna have the guys little uh fluglies like jumping around and stuff and and just not really having any barriers as far as like oh well how how is that gonna come across and how's that gonna look it's just like fuck it let's just do it because it's fun and that energy is really great and i think that that comes across but how it holds up is is sometimes grating to to watch and sometimes it's it's just with the music and and everything it really is almost disorienting a lot of the stuff when you're in when you're in floop land and and uh and all that shit but um yeah i mean you, you started on the beginning of the movie there's this huge long zoom into their their house and they do that shot i think twice where it like zooms from really really far away into the window and she's like sitting mm -hmm. there and then she like tells that story which is essentially mr and mrs smith is is their story Yep, is they just absolutely. have Mr. and Mrs. Smith story, which I thought was pretty pretty cool and just kind of um, thrown in there really quickly as far as like the bedtime story. But yeah, it is that kind of like the how they set the scene is very, yeah, dependent upon the shot and the editing and uh, the music. And those things seem to be in Congress with each other from Robert Rodriguez's strange mind <laughs> and everything so like from the get-go it all kind of like it it jives with with all the other stuff going on so it, it, it at least is like a complete thought even if there's a bunch of other little crazy fun ideas kind of mixed in um but yeah they just they tell their their uh story right off the bat they, or, they work for the organization of super spies oss doing desk work but are suddenly called back to active field 
to find missing agents. Gregorio suspects children's television host Vegan Floop has kidnapped the agents and mutated them into his Fooglies, creatures on his show. The children are left in the care of their uncle Felix. And like, I was kind of, I forgot that that twist was revealed so quickly in the movie. I remember that being such like a mind blowing thing that like, uh, that these guys were transformed into these Fooglies. I, from what I remember, I thought that twist came with the Shaloub thing where Shaloub took over and he's just like, all these Fooglies are actually those, those uh, guys that went missing. And maybe you could have figured that out as an audience member watching it, but that kind of blew me away that they're just kind of like, yeah, he's the bad guy. Like Floop, Floop is a, is a bad guy. Yeah. And these are all the, these secret agents are missing and they're all on that kids show that is just perforated throughout the whole, or Juno's Junie's whole life is consumed by Floop. He's got, he's got Floop cereal. Yeah. Oh, it's and so it, part yeah, of his it just I- relates. Yeah. It's part of his identity, which is, I mean, really a convenient, you know, kind of a storytelling um, quality, right? Because he, Junie, is going to be the audience, like he's going to give all the exposition as to who these characters are, who this world is, mm. you know, cause he's just, and it's a way for a kid to have some power mm. or like, especially for his character to have a, have an arc in that way where he's, he, he finds himself as not useful. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes or in like the family. And then he's just like, Oh, here's a situation where I can help a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Which, you know, <laughs> for kids movies fantastic like you love to you love to see that where yeah he really has a sense of agency at the end of the movie where he um gets better with technology he helps you know kind of provide information about their adversary and yeah um ultimately becomes like you know a man that's kind of his uh simple character arc is he needs to or stand not be a man that's his dad projecting he's a secret like, agent by the end that's parents exactly. were secret agents too <laughs> yeah. hell yeah and that's the and thing then, man it's like me and you are huge james bond fans and this uh-huh. movie essentially is james bond children like james bond for kids and i don't know it just spoke to me so much as a kid watching all those james Lord. bond movies and just being and then watching nickelodeon and, and the campaign a lot of that time was like kids rule parents drool or whatever it was. yeah it's like that that was always the thing like kids rule k-i-d-z rule or whatever and and that mm-hmm. was always the thing and and then like what was it the nickelodeon movie awards what are, what are, whatever they call those ones the kids kids choice awards kids and choice stuff awards. like that and they just slime all the all the adults because like screw adults man kids rule and uh Dude, yeah seeing sure. them kick ass was so cool for, for an 11 year old child, this was like the perfect age. Like we were at the perfect age for this movie. And yeah, mm-hmm. Junie, Junie, man, like just, re- I don't know. I felt like I related a lot with Junie. <laughs> like I have, I have an older sister as well. Who's very like athletic and like was, mm-hmm. was very athletic in high school and everything. And it was just like, I don't know, just super badass in sports and like, uh, and everything. And I just like living up to her was just like, man, she's so cool. And like, how am I going to, how am I going to be as cool as her? And uh, I had warts on my hands too. Oh my God. <laughs> I had, I, this is gross. I know probably TMI, but I was just like, there was a lot of things in this movie. I was just like, I can see why this movie was a big deal for me. Cause I'm like, here's this like Junie kid 
who's like all warty. He's got his older sister that like kicks ass. He's like trying to find his place in the world. He gets bullied and he's like finding out by the end that he is like really great with technology, which whatever, I don't know. I could maybe like fix the TV at, at home or something like that, but he's <laughs> just for him to find his lane, you know, and, uh, and for him to come into his own was like such a cool thing as well as like becoming a, a secret agent and saving his parents and everything. As a kid, like, what do you care about more than just like, I'm going to show my parents how much I care about and I'm going to save their lives from like this evil villain guy. And in the process, cool. I'm going to join Floop's TV show. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, well, no, the robot yeah. versions of them joined the TV show. Um, but he's, that's, Oh, that's right. My bad. Yeah. But yeah, like his final kind of his final battle almost is chain i guess like getting floop on our side and there's that whole uh scene where they're in the vr room and just having the conversation about what is what the floop show needs and then uh, junie telling him about the humanity and how like um it's like family matters, right? I guess trying to ground him in that. And, um, and yeah, I think that's such a, it's such a sweet thing in a kid's movie as well for him to be, to win at being sympathetic. Like that is part of his superpower, uh, is really fantastic. And yeah, his character, this movie is good. There are good things about this movie. I don't want to, I, I'll probably continue to shit on it in a few no, ways. No, we don't have to be but... de de definitive. Like, right. say, we should all, we sh this is what we're here for is to get, get into it. But mm -hmm. I also want to be real with my bias. And, but that aside, get in, yeah, not be completely blinded by it and get into the, there are some weird things in this movie and some, some things that, yeah, again, at the time, like 2001, I'm trying to think like what other kind of cartoons and, and kids content were out at that time. But you know, I mean, it, I remember a lot of weird uh, cartoons and, and kids programming, not to say that there isn't stuff like that now as as well uh, for for kids to get into. But I just like I, the Ren and Stimpy sort of stuff. And um, I don't know, just some of like the early like Nickelodeon things like cartoons, just like were, were pretty strange and had a lot of weird imagery as all real monsters. I don't know, just made me feel strange and dirty watching watching it and uh i and that sort of thing where it is still on film as well and that but they're trying to do more digital sort of and i mean just referring to your talk talking about how the the movie just looks overall i mm -hmm. I, I feel like this was kind of around the time like soderberg was getting popular as well like with traffic and some of mm -hmm. some of his movies and digital filmmaking was kind of becoming becoming more prevalent and uh, sort of adding the whatever sort of color correction to certain images and and fil filtered sort of stuff and you know it's it's so painfully clear when you go to where do they go to do they go to Mexico is that where uh, Machete is I think so it seems like they're in Mexico like, the whole time yeah yeah I'm not sure where the island is or whatever, but when there there's just that overhead shot, I'm pretty sure it's it's like Mexico City or something, but it's just like that mm -hmm. 
yellow it's all yellow just the whole filter they just like put a yellow filter oh. in front of the camera and it just like and that's what was so weird because it like shows it all yellow from above it's like ew gross and then it like goes the next shot is just like oh yeah it's when they're like hang this is kind of it made kids look so badass they're just like it shows kids at a playground and it just shows like the goings on of a playground and all these kids are just playing and stuff and then like carmen and junior are just hanging out like uh trying to figure out their next move and like regrouping and everything but then there's just like a whole playground going on but that shot is not yellow at all and that was just such like a a harsh turn of like oh this big yellow landscape and then it gets onto the ground and it like looks like any other shot just kind of normal and i that's kind of stuff would kind of give me just like memories of that time of movies mm -hmm. of yeah like I think Schwarzenegger action movies at that time kind of cool. had that had that kind of look you were saying like Kate Nicholas Cage movies for sure yeah like uh mm -hmm. um yeah yeah I mean Mike Michael Bay I think at that time yeah his his movies and and everything of that kind of like making it look a little bit more guerrilla filmmaking and that's leading into like all the way up to you know where it gets over overdone like born some of the later born movies born uh ultimatum or or whatever the one the one after and like all like the taken sequels and stuff where it's this isn't this movie isn't doing that but it's just like you can see it does you can see the movie, you, can, you can see the progression of where it's gonna go absolutely but yeah it, it totally cribs from that and it's creating it's it's an action movie aesthetic yeah it's being being yeah, applied yeah. into the into this story because mm -hmm. i was i was going to call out i'm glad you brought it up the scene where they are trying to figure out like what leads them to machete and then but also they get the first conflict between their robot versions of themselves like it happens oh yeah that's where they, that's where they have the fight with the robots yeah to get robots. this little brain which is that brain cracks me up because I remember <laughs> in school having like a it was like a foam version of the brain. Oh, I feel like it really. Uh huh. Whoa, cool. <laughs> no, not not the not that brain in particular. Not like an actual were, toy of it. It must have been like a, a stress ball that I thought oh. was a toy, or they they kind of pitched it as a. What a funny thing! It's just like oh, it needs. It's not like a microprocessor or some chip or something. It's like, no, it's just going to look like a literal tiny little brain. <laughs> of course, which that's is true. hilarious. So funny. It's something a kid can understand, too. It's... Oh, let me just, I have, here's another, <laughs> here's another thing about this movie. Okay, so, so they're talking about, it's uh, Tony Shalhoub and alan cummings they're talking um after they had just had the meeting with the investors and they're talking about their evil plan classic well, james bond scene classic but like aka how they're going to fulfill this order to i could not yeah i was trying to follow it, especially it, for a kids it, movie it's just like yeah bloody bloody blah yes yeah, the board and like who that one guy represents like we've been asking <laughs> we asked you to create sorry to cut but like well yeah what was no, yeah, like, we asked you to create what oh, it, it was just such a yeah. general thing like we just wanted to work with you because an army an army and and then he we comes back and he's just we got we made you children so that was his response like what did that guy want originally from Flupe specifically I, an army like that's what he was asking for that's what it seemed like. Okay. And he just, just general like so, a robot. And then they made the thumb, he made the thumb guys. As the well. thumb guys were, were more bodyguards than they were army mm -hmm. people. Okay. But the thing is that the thumb guys also were like 
special force ops like they were busting through windows covered in in black socks and guns and they're just so like, funny. <laughs> it reminded so me weird. so much of, of like um yeah the television shows in the 90s for kids that oh, just yeah. had like just weird kind of like teletubbies but they're i feel like there was like the putty putty guys from power rangers or something sure absolutely just these like um big bulky plasticky looking henchmen mm-hmm. and which was so f- they were yeah they they were funny but they were also scary at the same time which i think i will say robert rodriguez does achieve a lot of that well in this movie mm-hmm. like i think that's what i would say is for a kids movie was was exciting about it personally mm-hmm. i mean i obviously i can't remember too much how scared i actually was mm-hmm. but i remember an overall tension being um in this movie like oh my god what's gonna happen these people you know people are is seemingly in danger yeah. and so much of that has to do with the fact that there's like the it there is weird and gross stuff that works at creating tension mm-hmm. and fear because mm. nothing i mean i will say the possibility of getting turned into a hideously oh my god dude a monster is really fucking terrifying. I'm, i was terrified i'm terrified of it now that was a scary I, thing i'm scared of those those types of things happening in movies like i and mm-hmm. i also if someone is ever going to be turned into something different like an animal or like a monster or something like I almost need that uh, thing at the end that lets me know that they turn back or something. Cause I think there's been movies where like, if there's like witches or or whatever that they'll just, yeah, they might turn someone into something. Was it like teen witch or something? Some guy like turns into a cat. She like turns some guy into a cat. Or is that Hocus Pocus? I think Hocus Hocus Pocus, I think that's like a big part of the movie. The guy turns into a cat. And even that I remember like kind of just, messing with me of just kind of like that being turned into something and not being able to express to anybody that something's wrong and not only that but these things looked terrifying and then the thing that happened it's cheech or is it charring i I think it's cheech right that he just shows him the model and then just like changes the the clay and then shows the new thing and then you see the transformation take place Uh and then he's trying to like you know he's trying to call for help and then it's just like Mm But then now it made a little bit better because now they just sound like Animal Crossing characters. <laughs> if you know that, if you know Animal Crossing, it's still, yeah. it's still fucking terrifying. But when they're trying to talk, they're like, <laughs> oh, but the weird thing is, is that you can rewind it and then you can hear them, but they're still oh pitched up. That is that the was, scariest part in the movie when they show the, that. Yeah, that is the material for nightmares. Yeah. I seriously might have trouble sleeping tonight because sure. that was a fucking terrifying yeah, truly not only scary. was i just so completely unsettled with the way that the characters these uh loop guys or what are they called again fooglies fooglies um looked but the fact that they were also grown men trapped yeah um un- unable to communicate and just slaves to this guy and i mean this new fo- body and form that i don't know like that they just that's they live in these clothes and and their faces are stretched like clay and then they are like actually there's actually like a prison and they're just locked behind bars like that and it just was all like <laughs> this fluke color it's just like what a terrifying existence and i was just waiting for them to be like like let's translate it kill me please kill me <laughs> absolutely that that is totally the joke that would be made there yeah. because seriously the it 
it is so incredibly morose to think about what that what the consequences are to those people yeah like you would just completely like yeah you would mentally break down for sure and want to just kill yourself because you're now unable to communicate uh captured and like just enslaved by this person oh and it which is just wild to think about that person ends up turning around and kind of like a you know now it's a little passe with fast and the furious but just like becomes part of the team just you know <laughs> even though they in prison uh, like... <laughs> five grown adults in, you know in this absolute hell floop was complicit life. he needs to answer for his crimes not only i mean he helps he helped coordinate all of this and what does he just gets to turn around and, and be like no it was it was shaloop the whole time i just wanted to create beautiful children mm -hmm. television with imprisoned souls that are like tied up in a vr room and forced to like uh bob around like apples and then he I, yeah he even recorded that message for junie and carmen coming in or no that was sorry that was antonio Banderas and carla mm -hmm. Cuccini, like recorded the thing for them coming in i was like did they record this previously to knowing they were they were coming into the the complex or whatever but like they've been just snatching up these secret agents for so long so mm -hmm. so yeah that guy must have like been wanting the army the secret agents found out that they were trying to build an army and then they yeah they really had to ask these these two to go together to 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 take it out together and i love that as a side note i just love that antonio banderas mustache was just like a he had a fake fake stash i thought that was pretty funny he was he's a funny his his humor and, and comedic timing and and uh his energy uh, his, yeah and just his physical his physicality is really funny he's a really funny guy absolutely and oh man yeah because he he also does a really good job at being the lothario but then he we find out later that he's also he's the one that made the brain and he's yeah <laughs> and so again it's like having Everything your cake and too you have this guy who yeah i mean fucking landed carlo carlo gugino and and has this bravado to him which a I think clearly says, you know, because he's Latin, he just has this, like, you know, has this whole scene about slicking Junie's hair back and just having this charisma and this vibrato. And, yeah. But then, yeah, to also find out how much of the, the science guy he is and how he's also kind of guilty and ashamed and has this just depth to him that mm. it has it has no right being in this movie but i'm glad <laughs> it's there it's, it's just, yeah it's that tight 90 where everything kind of connects like they could have had another character that had to come back that was the scientist or something that it's like no just make make him the scientist too and just make it like he didn't right. want to destroy it why it's i don't know why didn't he want to destroy it just just because it was his creation and he wanted to wanted to keep it and why they wanted to make it in the first place. I, it was just like, there's a lot of like that flashback stuff that was happening mm -hmm. that I guess that Terry, that was when Terry Hatcher came in. Oh, and was man, like, they did her so fucking dirty in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So and I almost forgot it was her. Honestly. I mean, she, uh, she played she, it well enough. as just like obvious to a kid that she's just like the evil stepmom almost or, or something like that. But 
Uh, that's the pitch for that for sure yeah. yeah you're absolutely correct is like evil stepmom energy um yeah she's the the uh, you know pretends to be the other woman and just yeah kind of have that bitterness to you but also just blinding like uh god zero agency just doing whatever tony shalou hey man like that she was a part of a secret agency okay she had played plenty agency she was part of the oss the organization of super spies that's a pretty great agency that is a great agency, but she. I'm joking. But I mean, well, no, for real. I mean, it seems like a. It seems like a fine place to work. <laughs> um, how did how she turned it. to the dark side? I'm I'm not sure because it's yeah. I guess she was Tony Shalhoub. Oh, okay. Because then they were an item towards the end of it, which I just did not care for. Oh, I guess Mainly I because, I just, <laughs> because they were just you know there was also this interesting like connection because they're both hideously disfigured was driving them together she could have shaved her head and moved on i was just like she's like no i gotta keep these strands of hair just hanging because that makes it look better <laughs> she's like, fucking shave your head get a wig something she's like that's that's exactly what you would do that's what a normal person would do but then she just it, oh man i guess robert rodriguez must be like a really nice guy or she like really owed him a favor because yeah it's just like you're just doing terry ha why is it just a joke that Terry Hatcher, who is like kind of a sex icon, you're going to just make her look the most, aside from like people who are, I mean, she's, she's like the honeypot or whatever and trying to, yeah, like stepmother and then also like into, yeah, the other woman into Antonio Banderas and everything. And it just kind of had, she had to have her, her moment of, but yeah, it was, it was a uh, stereotypical and like over the top the the characters and and everything and 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 obviously obviously like with the villain like you need those kind of strokes to kind of like per, portray that to children children audiences but in terms of how they actually per, portrayed her yeah i guess <laughs> that that scene of her at the end just it's like she's so shrill and just in and intense and everything but it's also she's overacting the, the entire time and it's kind of just uh, hard to watch some of some of that in general and i'm not sure if mm -hmm. that was how her she was directed or just it's just terry hatcher but it also gave me james bond energy as well <laughs> yeah i mean i could understand her playing up the the way that she did because again she is relegated to a bald cap with like strands of hair for multiple scenes like she keeps it for the movie mm -hmm. when they, she's when like playing with it <laughs> She's like playing with it, and yeah, like you just also too. You're being directed like, okay, so there's gonna be thumb guys. Imagine thumb <laughs> guys all around you. Yeah, you would play it with that energy where you're like, I'm in a weird, crazy movie, mm. and that's the, that's the type of energy I'm gonna give. And I mean, yeah, it's like she she fit the film that she was in. But it was just so funny to me that you take somebody who is known to be really attractive and, and make her look ugly. And that's kind of also a, the butt of a joke. And that's also kind of mm. like, oh, we're having, you know, oh, isn't that isn't that so funny? Terry Hatcher looks like that. And it's just, mm -hmm. oh, man. It, it yeah, I think just it's make... maybe as much as her just being a, a traitor as well. She's a traitor and she's trying mm -hmm. to, like, be a homewrecker. And she's also, like, attack, like, trying to uh steal the brain and and kidnap the kids like they give her a lot of bad things for her to do as well because this movie is so airtight and insular and and there's there's a this, the cast is is 
is pretty uh, contained within um, everything going on, and and they're the people helping them. Yeah, are Cheech and and Machete, Danny Trejo, and uh, but the yeah the kids really are the heroes, and and they overcome her and then they bring floop on their side which i thought that was great for junie of like oh carmen can battle but he's just gonna have he's gonna go with floop and he's gonna have a conversation and and (laughs) chew some gum and throw it at him and bring him on on his side and that was gonna be that was gonna be his strength and then machete showing up at the end dude which just got me so so excited i would that that made me really happy (laughs) that he that he came back um absolutely he was such a pill (laughs) <laughs> the pig intestine you know, thing was such like an over yeah there's just like things in this that are just over the top and that just like f- trying to do some sort of joke for kids but yeah i i see what you mean it comes across as like yeah you're <laughs> as a kid maybe that you you smell the the smells coming out of out of the kitchen or something i don't know sometimes you smell menudo or something it it has mm-hmm. that has that sort of pig in, i mean it literally yeah, there is intestines in there and, and stuff but it's, I don't know, it's just like such a such a weird sort of thing to if i was trying to figure out that was a character i think that might have just maybe been more of like a character trait for for this machete guy that he's just kind of like but it also is hilarious to me that like he just runs a spy shop (laughs) oh that's his cover is just like a spy shop (laughs) i think that's hilarious yeah (laughs) it's just like oh well yeah it's I'm not going to distance myself from my spy pass. I'm just going <laughs> to, and I'm wondering how that, how that store does, does out there. What kind of, <laughs> I mean, it's got no customers on it. So probably not well. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's just being bankrolled by some like weird spy money. Yeah. You know? OSS like, baby. Like, yeah. The OSS are just, yeah, he's a, but he's not, a, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but he makes a cool, uh, cool gadgets, which I think that's um, a really big plus. He's the Q, this. right? Yeah, he's the Q for sure. Um, but a huge plus for kids, right, is that this uh, this movie just has a shitload of gadgets. Yeah, man, that was, scene was really fun where they're just kind of like walking through his. I mean, I always love the Q scene in James Bond movies, but them just kind of like walking through and checking out um, everything going on in the in the lab and just like messing with stuff and seeing what happens was was pretty great i'm i'm trying to remember some of the some of the stuff but it's that that creativity was just on display and something where it's clear that robert rodriguez is a filmmaker that still has the heart of a of a child and absolutely and in order to make a movie it, like this or a kids movie or even to cross over into this world and this lane and everything. It, it takes that sensibility. And I think that he accomplished uh, that spirit really well. And, and just like a movie that a kid would make and like in a lot of ways, but he was able to structure it as a, as a legit filmmaker, but the ideas and, and the way that it was coming across was, was like, yeah. And then they go to this, the evil castle and there's Fooglies and, and you got to, take out or like you got to bring the fooglies on your side and you got to battle the evil tony shalhoub i I don't man uh, his his transformation was also a thing of of nightmares and Mm -hmm. uh truly something out of the thing 
Yeah, right. It, uh, for a second, I was like, "Is Cronenberg uh, directing this, or what? is, <laughs> is this Cosmopolis too?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they. The funny thing is, is there's only I think one scene where all of his faces like uh, actually do yeah, some, do they, something. They talk, yeah, or they smile or know. something. They just smile. Yeah. They there's this yeah we're kind of close to when he reveals that his he's hideously disfigured but loves it. Um, cause he's really just like enthralled by the fact of like, yeah, for some reason he's also super powerful now. I didn't quite understand. Like, I didn't understand why, why I... that happened. Yeah. Cause he accepts it. He's like, this mm -hmm. is what I... I'm excited that this is the option that mm -hmm. I need to take in order That's to escape this situ uh, situation. Cause they like, they leave him holding the button. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, well, he's well, he said, don't let go. Yeah. And if you let go, mm -hmm. then it's going to activate. And then he absolutely and then he places his intentions his heart is pure and the machine judges him worthy of the power. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I, he apparently was made, you know, he comes out better looking than the other ones. Like he can talk. He just, you know, he's he, a higher pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And he's like, voice. he has different Three hands. hands. Yeah. Truly All terrifying, truly scary. I'm, but at the Absolutely. same time, it's like, I think it takes those sensibilities of Robert Rodriguez to make you feel safe because I was a scared little child. I think I was a little scaredy cat because I wasn't really like, totally. I wasn't really able to watch a lot of scary movies or, or, um, or other, other things. Like my media was very curtailed to as a child and I wasn't really watching a lot of other super violent things aside from maybe a, the, a Pierce Brosnan and James Bond movie, like at the time, I guess, golden eye or, uh, no, it was like dying. No, dying another day. Oh, it was world is not enough. World is not enough for, yeah, I think world, world is not is enough not. around this time, which I loved that movie. Um, and the, and all the Pierce Brosnan action and, and all that stuff. And so the, all the sensibilities of that probably made me feel more at ease as well. But I think Robert, Rodriguez something something the way he the way he presented it was scary it didn't hold on things for too long and it was able to all. move on whimsically yeah. and focus on the children and uh and their overcoming the situation and doing it in a way that was um yeah that was heartfelt and also true to how a kid how kids would kind of act because it was just so funny how mean they were to each other and it was i just thought that was so accurate as like i don't know just an older sibling younger younger sibling situation and her just like constantly giving him shit and him <laughs> just kind of taking it and stuff and then eventually kind of like having his moment where he can kind of like fuck with her a bit too but uh yeah, I, I I thought the the way that Carmen was just talking so much shit on <laughs> on Junie and, and stuff, but then I, yeah, but then still like backing him up, like Junie, you've done all this stuff, you've you fat you 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 brought Floop back, and she's you know when she was yelling yelling at him and everything, all the all the great things he's done and all that stuff, like uh, yeah, I just um Robert Robert Rodriguez, I think still had those those mo new window like go into those moments and not have them feel forced and uh to have so many kind of crazy ideas but still have such a big heart in this movie was something that um 
yeah, that, that makes you excited and realize that there are amazing children actors out there that, um, that, you know, like when you, when you see, when you see them, it's great. Cause you know, sometimes <laughs> this is a weird point, but sometimes you see a shitty kid actor and, you, and you're just kind of like, is this okay to say this kid fucking sucks at acting? <laughs> Cause like this last airbender movie sucks. And these, these kids just don't, I mean, there's a lot of things wrong with that movie, but I watching a movie like this is just like, Oh man, like they were, they were great. And, and I just could see, Junie kind of taking all the things that Carmen was putting up and then and Carmen just kind of being uh, just a little bit more headstrong and in, in everything that, that she was doing and, and it all felt natural. And to me, that speaks of a very accomplished director creating an environment for this movie for, for kids to have fun and play and, and feel like they're, um, they're telling a story that's, uh, that's exciting and, and, um, it come, all of that fun comes across and everything, you know, and like, I don't know, like last week, American Outlaws, they had a lot of fun. I didn't have a lot of fun watching that movie, but it was clear like they had a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, it was, I don't know, like Floop was a great villain. I thought, I thought Alan Cumming was um, just, was that sort of thing where there's kids TV hosts that can kind of be both charming and fucking t- creepy and weird as well and kind of have that sort of um just have that energy behind the scenes that's kind of unsettling but also like you think that this is a guy that maybe like never grew up and is like still a kid as as well and it kind of all comes across well without him having to say much like and especially like just how much weight that he puts to everything like i don't know do you remember when shalub was like put him in the vr room and he goes oh like his just his gasp is like his eyes like perk up and he just you can tell that that vr room is gonna be scary <laughs> and that vr is like that's not a good thing to be stuck in there and all of that was just in this like oh, oh. <laughs> like, like a gasp by him and i thought that was uh that was great. And he was kind of like Wizard of Oz. Too. I don't know. Like he kind of had this Wizard of Oz character when he went into that VR room of kind of just like I've been pulling I've been behind this curtain and I'm a big scary guy on the outside or whatever when I when I need to do these things but I'm actually like this just feeble guy that's just um wants to like bring happiness to the world in some way. But he did get get off a little too easy. He got up he got up a little too easy on on the end there just to I don't know. Have him, have him be an informant or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately, though, it's like, yeah, I understand in a kid's movie that you can't just have, well, we're going to have, you know what? We're to throw it, you know, I guess you could say you're throwing them in jail. I think it would have been a, maybe a good idea to, yeah, to have a little bit more finality there and say, like, okay, you're on timeout for what you did. You know, you can't just uh, enslave people but they did it in a nice way. I mean, like I, I don't question as a, as a kid and I'm only thinking about it now, honestly, cause just that whole, they wrapped it up in that whole last scene of just kind of like he, they were zooming out of like, here's the show. Tony Shalhoub is one of like the characters. Now the two mm-hmm. robot kids are one of the characters. And it's kind of like this weird tripped out fucking Mr. Rogers situation where he's wearing like a nice wool jacket or, or some shit. And he's like, hi, neighbor. like kind of hello neighbor. Come on in. And then it zooms out of the TV and then it just finishes everything else out. And then, yeah, 
88 minute man tight tight 88 minute oh i'm yeah this movie is incredibly tight i mean it just it seems it's very yeah it's paced incredibly fast you just i'm thinking about the scene where they're with uh, Machete and they're eating dinner. It is a quick conversation about what would typically be, I think you would stay in with Machete longer and there would be more of like the family part of this and the importance mm. of family would probably come out family. more. Let's and, grab a Corona. Let's have a Corona. Ride or die. <laughs> Ride or die. Um, I mean, there's definitely a gravel in there as well, so that is that. <laughs> um, I'm surprised he's not in Fast No, you get a little thing from George Clooney as well, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> How funny is that? When so he's got funny. The, I think that's he, so funny. He takes off the eye bar. Oh, he's great. Oh, my God. It's, they're what? like, I know that chin. He's fucking Batman and Robin because that's one of the best movies ever. Uh, to, again, to a child, like I, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid because... Mm-hmm. I just was a child <laughs> and that was one of my first movie going experiences, but I knew that chin cause I'd seen Batman and Robin so many times. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was obvious. It was obvious, but he's got a very identifiable chin. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, yeah, there's a comedy into its obviousness because at that point, mm-hmm. everybody in his the, voice. It seemed like in America knew who George Clooney was. I knew him more as a celebrity more so than a, like I knew he was an actor, but I, I don't think a lot of his films probably were like mm-hmm. oceans. 11 is probably going to yeah. be the George Clooney movie that really like mm-hmm. I watch and was like, George Clooney's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, previously. Yeah. Cause I never like, I mean, especially at 11, like I mm-hmm. hadn't watched, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you weren't a big uh, From Dusk Till Dawn van, fan or uh, right, in, or was it Intolerable I, I, cru- Cruelty out at, at that time or something? Mm-hmm, these like sexy crime thrillers or whatever. No, I don't know if he ever did the thriller. ER. <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to say like, why? when is an 11-year-old watching ER? I guess if mm-hmm. your parents really liked it, mine didn't give a shit about ER. But as a, um, as a kid, we knew who Danny Trejo was and that was our introduction to Tra- Danny Trejo and it primed mm-hmm. us for that machete movie machete movie that came out later where we were the next the demographic that grew up from spy kids was like yeah hell yeah we want to it hadn't and wait oh yeah alexa vega's in that movie too isn't she oh they both are i need to i want to watch that movie again i need to watch that movie that movie's funny the it just yeah that movie's really funny um and you know it's similar to this movie in a lot of ways and it's in its humor and it's um yeah it's weird grossness again machete has uh the fucking you know what's kind of a weird thing now thinking about is there was intestines on the table and there's a scene right at the beginning of machete where he like is he uses an intestines as a rope to jump out of a building that's just his character trait. <laughs> yeah, that's just his character trait. He's with a lot of. <laughs> it's an intestine. I mean, that's a that's a Robert Rodriguez thing. Is really yeah, yeah. He's just got He's this like... weird, like internal organs. Like is, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're on display in a way they can be funny. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're. He's like, I got these leftover intestines from another movie. Let's just throw them in machete. For sure. Yeah, because, I mean, that's where he comes from, right? He comes from that. He's him and uh, Tarantino fetishize the grindhouse. Um, yeah, what is it? It's like C, C-list type of action movies that were being made by small, you know, production companies and whatever. Mm-hmm. But 
um, in the, I think, 70s, late 70s, now probably 80s. Um, yeah, just some weird-ass shit in this movie, but it's got a lot of heart, which works really well. Um, I'm trying to think if we could probably wrap it up. Is there... There is one funny thing that I do have to bring up that happened in this movie that I thought was hilarious was when, uh, and it's so just throwaway line again, like naked gun humor sort of stuff that I love, but the the guy, is it Robert Patrick? The, uh, the, does he represent, he's just, is, he's part of, is he part of the U S government? Is that his deal? Yeah. He, and he's like asking for the order of, the army. His name is Mr. Lisp. And someone calls him Mr. Lisp. And he's like, no, it's Mr. Lisp. I <laughs> <laughs> was just, oh, it was just too funny, man. I was, yeah. I was, I was cracking up so hard because it was just such a throwaway thing of like, over here, Mr. Lisp. <laughs> it's like, it's Lisp. And then someone yeah. does that other thing later where they try to, it's like, they, I don't know, they do that too. It's like, it's actually Athana or something like they do that lisp thing to correct someone. I, I forget exactly what it was for, but that one was just, I was like, why is this guy's name Mr. Lisp anyways? And just for that joke would make it so worth it. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. And then I, I don't know if I mentioned already, but Mike judge was one of the Fooglies. And is this rich? Is this the Richard Linklater was? Yeah. Wow. Richard Linklater was who? Uh, cool spy. Hmm. So Robert Rodriguez just kind of like brought his buddies in <laughs> and Clooney, yeah, Mike is- Judge, and Link later just to and Los Lobos to do some music and um Danny Elfman. That's yeah. His vibe though. He does that. That's been he has, Robert thing. Rodriguez has a music credit too. He, Robert Rodriguez just did everything. And is this his his production company? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is it? The one with the troublemaker guy. Trouble and his gangbusters, man. Budget thirty-five million, box office one hundred forty-seven point nine million. Yeah, I mean, you were saying it spawned four sequels, guaranteed sequel. Yeah, they progressively got bigger, and then yeah, took that turn into the um, like doing the four D or three D, but calling it four D and shit like that. And really, you know, um, yeah, it just you get a sense that Robert Rodriguez really does love movies and he does things in this movie that are weird and different and make some big swings but it's you know i yeah it's not all gonna work out (laughs) some of it is gonna be problematic for sure but i i really appreciate that you're creating like there's so much world building too in this like i don't know you just you it is a creative person being able to kind of just make that vision. And I think we typically, you know, I guess I'll speak for myself, but champion those movies more so than a movie that is done by committee or mm-hmm. has like four writing credits. Right. I might, you know, I, I want to champion there. Are, I would say um, there are more films that I like that are, have a clear direction and, and have our, our vision of a particular person, regardless yeah. of if it's good or bad too. Cause I think we've talked about previously about like, it's just really more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's more interesting. It's I've talked about Southland tales. Mm-hmm. Like that there's examples just, you know, of there's, there's outliers on, on either side, but yeah, generally, mm-hmm. generally like, yeah, if you're, it's, it's great to see someone's full vision if it's possible. Cause it's just rare. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I come I, 
why do you can i ask you a question why why do you think this movie is polarizing then because i think i don't know like as weird as it is and everything um i was pretty surprised that the audience did not respond well to this movie when it made gangbusters uh and yet it would just was not what is what is the rating it's um I'm sorry, I just was going back, but it's just not, it's uh, 46% for audience, 93% for critics. It just, I'm, I'm not even sure the, mm. the, or, or like the beginnings of Rotten Tomatoes when that began, um, people are still voting to, to this day for, for the things using Rotten Tomatoes. So this has 250,000 plus ratings at, on the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So people are continually rating to this day. It's just like an open, open thing. So mm -hmm. I'm wondering if that has slid in recent, I'm already like uh, putting out my, one of my theories of like, I'm wondering if things like slid in recent years with people continually voting and then it, it dropped or what, what do you think? Like, why, why would people not respond well to this movie at, at the time? I know you highlighted some of the stuff. <laughs> because kids aren't writing the reviews. Like you're talking mm -hmm. about parents are the ones writing the reviews or somebody that's, you know, I mean, if not parents, like then you're revisiting this and you're no longer a kid and you're writing a review on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's doing it. Cause I just, at the time, like obviously Rotten Tomatoes didn't exist. So I mean, really people were just like, oh, here's a movie I can take my 11 year old to who's been driving me fucking crazy. Kids is in the title. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's a PG movie. Um, it would be weird as a parent, though, yeah, to watch this movie because I just, yeah, there's things about it that are really unsettling, and yeah. I think, and I guess that's that's been my apprehension about like saying, oh my god, I love this movie mm -hmm. because now having watched it, there are just really fucking weird shit in this movie yeah. that is unsettling that I don't like. Floop is a madman. Help us save us is the most terrifying thing. Absolutely, it's yeah, material for nightmares. Mm -hmm. um, and so I I, I get that. Um, it really is also kid focused too there's yeah. so little that the adults are doing that would keep an adult interested like an adult doesn't really give a shit if it, if two kids are well I mean they care because they have kids but mm -hmm. it's like you know there's also a malaise that would set in pretty quickly where oh this movie is really about these kids where very little of uh, adults are doing very little. It's so much about them. It is a, I don't know. There is like the family component as well, where it's just like the family trying to come together. Obviously the kids are saving the day and, and they're the ones, um, that, that save the movie and are the heroes and, and the main characters. But yeah, I think that family element is there as, as well of just like the, the, yeah, the family unit. For sure. And uh, yeah, like incredible. I had a real incredible thing at the end too. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. So as a, I mean, fair point, like as a parent, you would, you would find those things endearing, but I, that's not going to be enough mm -hmm. to, you know, I think something you would also appreciate is how short this movie is and mm -hmm. how quickly it moves along. Sure. As a, as a parent, I think that would probably be another thing that you'd be like, great, this movie, yeah, just... Yeah, uh, and I think if you're a dad that likes spy movies, maybe you're like, kind of just like, oh, I can kind of figure out where this is going. But I'm sure, yeah, you kind of perk up a bit, kind of like, wait, what the, what the fuck is that? A Foogly? What? These, oh, yeah. these things are strange looking. Oh. 
I don't know if dads too are really into gadgets as much as kids and boys are mm -hmm. as well. I think maybe since it is so incredibly gadget heavy and all the gadgets look really crazy and do like, like toys. Shit, yeah. To uh, so yeah. Toys essentially. I don't know if dads would like fully be on board with that. Mm -hmm. Cause I think dads are into obviously James Bond and James Bond. I, my dad has criticized like he doesn't like the Roger Moore era because they're too campy and too silly. Mm -hmm. And which is just to me, it... I think my dad is on the same page on that one too. As I think both, both of our dads are more of the Sean Connery types. Absolutely. Cause yeah, he's just also the, like the embodiment of, um, of cool and the tech guys aren't the Q's not the cool guy. And so the gadgets, like having, you know, also to having a guy who fucks and then also knows all this computer stuff really is just, it's still, every time I watch it, it's just so funny and you have to call it out. It's like, you know, not only can he uh, physically handle all of these situations and then sexually handle all of these women, but then he also is, you know, uh, knows all of these nerdy facts about <laughs> whatever. It just always, I think, and comes off as i think that's what campy would be is that you mm. know the and not liking that like he can't do you know he can't know everything and also be this and that's in my mind is kind of the distillation of campiness is that yeah is that concept and um so i don't know if dads would be totally into you know these <laughs> It's just, Under, you know, like, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to think of other kids movies that might have come out around this time. Like, are you going to be like, oh, you want to go see this? Like, dad, I really want to go see a movie. Are you going to take him to this? Or I don't know. I'm just looking at movies related to this, like a goofy movie. Stuart Little, like, I don't know, as a dad, I'd be like, fuck Stuart Little. I don't want to go see fucking Stuart oh, Little. For like, sure. fuck that shit. Like, I guess we'll go see the Spike. Let's go, go see the spy movie or whatever. Like. You know, this guy Antonio Banderas. Oh, who's this Carla Gugino? <laughs> oh my God, no, she's for the dad. The dad were, yeah. She, I'm sorry, we sound like such creeps, but she is just so, oh man, she's so gorgeous. And she's I in that we'll, Haunting of, uh, of Hill House. She's really great in that as well. Oh, interesting. So, I mean. And Watchmen. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I, good in Watchmen. <laughs> movies that came out in 2001 that would have, um, you would take your kids to is you had Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah, definitely had, saw that. Uh, American Outlaws, what? of course. Of course. You're not taking your kids. <laughs> uh, Shrek. Oh, yeah. Huge event. Oh, my God. What an event. Man, great kids movies at this time. I mean, I guess if there's a movie that all the whole family can go see, then and it's and everyone enjoys it and dads are OK with it, then yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to put these up against other kids' movies. There's also, I'll just say, Monsters, Inc. also came Damn. out. And yeah, those are the three top grossing movies of 2001 are all kids' movies. Mm -hmm. Mummy Returns, number six. Wow, that, I saw that movie on my birthday. It came out May 4th on my birthday of that year. Jurassic Park 3, I saw four times that summer. Oh, yeah, that was a big That was movie. the summer of just like, we have nothing to do. Let's just go to the movies. Totally. Ocean's Eleven remember. came out that year. Oh my God. Okay. Oh, that's in, in December. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Wow. Rush Hour Two. I I saw a lot of these movies in theaters. This was Castaway, 
traffic. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Soderbergh with the with all those all those colored oh shit. All so this is so this was a, a good, oh swordfish is a great example of that. Yeah, dude, that's such a great example of that. Yeah, huge. That just color correction bullshit that makes movies now look like dog shit. Mm -hmm. And then also, I think it's is uh, phonetic editing is where you like create movement through cuts. It's you like, like whatever you like cut on movement. I'm not sure. I'm not sure of that term actually. We're not uh, film yeah. experts for for having a film podcast. And <laughs> we'll become it. <laughs> you watch. Uh, I can I can yeah. generally guess what you mean by that. Yeah. It, you brought it up earlier. It's the, the you know, like the taken that, and born identity movies. I was yeah. just going to say the born mm -hmm. movies is what really like set it off or made it. Yeah. Made it almost like a mandatory thing because people just loved how that movie like came together and looked mm -hmm. so much that people, you know, people who filmmakers who saw that were like, Oh, well, this is a better way to like keep momentum mm -hmm. or, you know, make, an entrance into a scene have energy to yeah. it that, that then like you, you how do you go from outside into the room with you know mm. the same level of energy that's happening in the mm, room totally and so you just do all these like fucking like <laughs> these hard cuts all over the place to get you there where you're just like oh like i'm in the fight too <laughs> exactly oh man that Spy Kids did that when they were again, yeah, in the playground. Oh, and then you get all the way to fucking Cloverfield, where it's just like, <gasps> oh man, oh, then that sets off the whole handy game. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, well, that's I guess more found footage. That's a, maybe yeah, yeah, a different thing. Found footage, the found yeah. found footage shit. But man, two thousand one, yeah, I just I just watched. Oh, Knight's Tale is here too. So Knight's Tale was Absolutely. the same year as American Outlaws. So that just, yeah, that this is further proving points that I made last last week, and it's nice. But uh, this is also year. Yeah, just looking down the list, I'm very familiar with like a lot of these movies, and I think a lot of these cats and dogs. I remember, and I just watched Atlantis last week, uh, and man, that, that was a that's a fun movie. It's essentially like Pocahontas yeah. or like Av Avatar sort of story Absolutely. where. Uh, but Atlantis is the world instead of uh, Pandora or or uh, yeah the American <laughs> American West or, or sorry the fucking Jamestown or whatever where I haven't seen Pocahontas in a while. Um, but man, a lot of a lot of movies. I could just go down this whole list. I won't. It's it's boring. But um, yeah, it that movie is is twenty six. Uh, yeah, it's interesting to see. That's a diff different conversation. But the the end of Disney. 2d animation sort of movies was kind of like that one in princess and the frog i i believe and kind of seeing uh mm. that and the and the rise of other kids movies the two other big ones were shrek and monsters inc and then atlantis is at the bottom like not bottom i think it mm. i think it still did our i don't know it didn't do as well as they wanted to because they were about to do a tv show and then they, sure. they scrapped that but uh it's interesting to see the trends in movies compared you know to last week uh, with with American Outlaws, there's just elements of not taking things too seriously, wanting to have a good time, wanting to have have fun, and instill jokes and action movies that are uh, um, that still have a lot of action and and adventure and and everything in it. And to be able to do these kind of movies, like a couple of yeah, these these might be coincidence that they're both like hour and a half, but yeah, people just go and 
catch a movie and, and call it a day. And, but at the same time, both Pearl Harbor and Lord of the Rings, the fellowship of the ring came out this year too, which are just, uh, behemoths. Yeah. yeah epic. Um, epic stuff. Awesome. I fucking loved that Lord of the Rings movie experience. So yeah, much fun. It was the fucking best. Oh yeah. Yeah. Also had uh Tim Burton's planet of the apes. Oh, I had that one on DVD too. I don't know what you just re- my my parents would just get random movies. I think at the grocery store, and that was one of the ones we had. And I, I would just I've seen that movie a lot too for some reason. And it's it's weird how you. I don't think anyone can relate with this, but uh, just if you have seen a movie so many times, it just it's hard for you to even like view it as a movie because you're so familiar with it. It's just like an experience of going through the motions a little bit. Mm-hmm. After not seeing Spy Kids for so long. I forgot elements of it and enjoyed a lot of the comedy that I forgot, especially things that, yeah, like maybe as a kid, I didn't notice the Mr. Lisp, Mr. Lisp sort of, sort of joke oh, or, sure. or stuff yeah. like that. And now it's kind of like, Oh man, this is, this is fun catching it again or, or Atlant- Atlantis or whatever. But um, yeah, like in going to see this, yeah. Growing man by yourself, not, probably not gonna <laughs> happen unless you're just like a robert regas completionist and you're just like going, going <laughs> totally but uh yeah rush hour 2 was a fun action movie there's like mummy returns a sequel and and very fun light-hearted action movie that oceans 11 fun heist sort of thing and this is the year that fast and the furious begins <laughs> totally <laughs> talk about fun yeah I don't know. I was, oh, the Mexican is in this. That's another one with a bunch of filter shit. Okay. I'm going to keep on going. There's just like, it's interesting to think about this year after talking about two movies um, within the same year, mm-hmm. to be honest. But um, yeah, that's, that's interesting about the polarizing nature. I still think that it, it was a surprise that audiences hated it. Just generally middling is maybe a, a more positive way to put it because like last last week was a 14 percent with american outlaws um and a year that had it looked like a lot of great movies on that list at least things that are close to my heart this one isn't terrible but it just didn't respond audience didn't respond well on this particular website of creating movies as opposed to the gross where it seems like yeah gangbusters i don't, I don't know it's, it's interesting, yeah. but uh, that that's just another interesting part of this process that we're going through and understanding that these scores, I don't know, like what, what do they really mean? Cause it just, it doesn't translate to me on like real life. And I'm not sure, obviously I'm not taking, going out, taking polls to random passerbys on the street. Like, excuse me, sir, excuse me. How do you feel about spy kids and seeing how people on the street just <laughs> feel about movies and everything i consult rotten tomatoes because that's that's the place to pull it um but yeah it just yeah to me it doesn't translate i'm curious if we have discrepancies between you and me you know we're we have both we have similar backgrounds uh we grew up uh same area together and everything so mm-hmm. there's obviously similarities but just like in terms of uh if we if we saw these movies when they came out and what kind of reaction that we had as they came out and what type of reactions people around us had. And yeah, it's hard for me to specifically remember, but I just remember having very positive feelings about this. But also as a child, you have very positive feelings about almost all movie going experiences that you go on again. Like, I mean, a lot of those movies on the 2001 list 
could be object objectionably like kind of bad movies some of them but i just have fond memories i think jurassic park 3 was one of the first where i'm like oh man i seen this like three or like four times because people just wanted to keep going and i love jurassic park i'm gonna keep going and like that was just part of who i was was just like i like fucking jurassic park i'll 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 watch any jurassic park movie and, and love it and i think yep. yeah after the fourth time i was like why am I watching? Why do I keep watching this movie? I haven't seen it since because, and I'm sure that wouldn't just go through the motions as well. But it's interesting becoming a little bit more of a discerning filmmaker. I think is this this is starting to turn that page for me a little bit as far as like not everything I see is going to be the is going to be great, you know. Um, but also, I hold a lot of these very close to my heart. You know, that Mummy Returns birthday experience was so much fun. We were just a bunch of bunch of silly kids in a movie theater some one of my one of my friends cody put a gobstopper in my ear for no was it gobs yeah gobstopper in my ear for some reason and then my friend cameron threw up on the way home because i think he ate too much candy it was it was a it was a great movie going year that's all well hell yeah <laughs> hell i'm yeah. sharing a lot about about my movie, no, movie going past and it's it's it, amazing it, it colors a lot of uh these experiences for me as well. And I'm pretty sure I saw it. Yeah. I mean, I was seeing movies with my family, but yeah, I just seen with this with my parents and everything being like, this is like a James Bond. Yeah. James Bond movie for me. And I say like, I can save the parents, you know? And yeah, but, uh, we can, um, move on. Um, I'll run, if you don't mind, I'll run maybe through a couple, uh, maybe like audience reviews, um, to see just kind of like, uh, the negative ones, because I'm kind of curious if you don't mind. No, yeah, maybe go just for a it. couple. Uh, Dylan H, uh, half star. This is on November 11th, 2020. Armistice Day. <laughs> mm. <laughs> 11 11. He's just like, yeah, I need to watch Spy yeah, Kids. And, this needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. All right. This movie is an asylum itself. It contains many of the disturbing and horrifying scenes throughout the entire movie as if it were made by a brainless twit who never. Oh, British? Maybe I should be British. Who never cared about any movie scaring any children to death. The flute song, for example, has disturbing imagery like the face on one of the character's finger part of the glove. Wait. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the glove chair? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very scary glove chair. It had like uh, pain, pain, like human faces that were in pain on every single one of the fingertips of the glove chair. I agree with mm -hmm. that. And nightmarish characters themselves that makes the walrus, or at least a walrus-like creature from Pingu's dream episode, look tame in comparison. I wouldn't... I'm not familiar with that. I would never recommend this to kids due to the film being unsuitable for children, despite its PG. Otherwise, the kids may be traumatized and sadly be sent to the mental hospitals, etc. Please don't ever show for this sure. to kids. And this was, yeah. this was made in 2020, and I could see, yeah, just at this point in time, images oh, yeah. are are sanitized a bit more <laughs> for for children i think this i i mean what, i'm curious how how this movie would change if you try to make make this today if what kind of things they would not be okay with but um at the same time i, I don't know it's just you get the right creator and and you trust them with the content i i think there's a lot of possibilities there for um for uh, a, ch a challenging kids movie, because yeah, you I don't know, you don't want something that's just gonna just not not present any sort of uh, issues to children of like 
I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess just just something that's that's doesn't present any sort of challenging sort of ideas or concepts or uh, storylines to a children, but to a child, <laughs> to a child, I can't talk right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know to each their own. I can imagine. Yeah. 2020, you never heard of this movie and you throw it on and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm absolutely. And I mean, it's the stuff we've been talking about. I, you, that's coming at it from an adult lens. Like the reason that that is so terrifying is because you think about the twisted reality that would exist in that world and what that would mean to be a person in that. And that's not a way a kid is looking at it. Mm -hmm. And we've made the point already right, right. all that does is in service of really which is effective in instilling this feeling or evoking this emotion in a kid is just the tension and fear which is necessary for like for the villain and for the conflict of the movie that you are scared of it you are fearful of it because mm -hmm. it is yeah. also kids overcoming those fears and that's all effective for kids but yeah as an adult you're like yeah there's people that like are serial killers and murderers and then i know you know getting hideously disfigured in a world that all cares about vanity and beauty it's like all of those things would just be an adult person thinking about the implications the uh yeah the absolute terrifying life that that would be but mm -hmm. this is a kid's movie so i mean I, I, but i mean yeah, it, it has it's stuck in my cry i mean i remember that floop song to this day i mean i know i saw it a couple times but i remember being disturbed by that still in, intrigued though like intrigued and curious and and i yeah again i i felt i felt safe but uh uh yeah i i, I totally hear your point about kids aren't going on on and making reviews, but I do see this one. I just have to say from Chuck W one and a half stars. Yeah, Chuck. I don't know. This movie was meant for kids. Well, guess what? I'm a kid. Oh my God. It's probably two kids on top of each other. Oh, you're right. Board. Yeah. On the and desk. At a computer. Oh, you're yeah. right. Damn it. Well, I'll read on Chuck, Chuck yeah. W's, uh, Chuck W's a kid playing it off. Um, did I like this movie? No, I think that the story was weak and maybe a failed attempt at a James Bond for kids. The action was either lame or non-existent and anything meant to be taken seriously wasn't. I don't know why critics have this such, have this such good reviews. At least it's not as bad as the terrible sequels. You've seen the sequels. Wow. But Damn. yeah, I guess. Blast. And that was 2016. I guess there's, there's kids getting online. Um, half star Alex asks, why does everyone like this movie so much? I mean, honestly, it's just weird with the weird mutation mutations and thumb things. Every, everyone's yeah. like, oh my goodness, so creative. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, for real. <laughs> that's exactly how I felt. Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds a, like a a re yeah. like a reasonable reaction. If someone were to 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 tell me I don't feel comfortable with my child seeing these images, like yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean You're I could like, yeah, totally get it. I could understand. <laughs> I mean, I and yeah, I think it is almost you kind of look at earlier film and how dirty and gritty kind of it is. It can almost be extra unsettling when you're maybe used to more like modern kids shows on Netflix or something. And maybe it's, it's a little more intense, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll do one more. This is from a super reviewer, Dan M one and a half. I, I, will, I will say though, to like the, mm -hmm. there is also though, spirited away came out this same wow, year yeah. and, and and that has really that won the oscars 
Because mm -hmm, it should. Because it's uh, it's like a hundred times better, better than the, this movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, Spy Kids is fine, but like Spirit of Ways. Oh, I like, won't argue with that. I mean, I even got. Speaking of which, I got the Hayao Miyazaki shirt on. Yeah, right you were now. wearing a Porco Rosso shirt. Yeah, right? I fucking lo I love it. Um, yeah, and that has like weird and disturbing images in it, but it is actually. I will say this: it's it, scary. I remember being scared of that movie too. It yeah, it 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 evokes the same feelings. Mm -hmm. I would say that it's less because the parents change form mm -hmm. as well. Oh yeah, they they get uh, imprisoned as well. Um, there is also just um, concern about being hideously disfigured oh, in Spirited so scary. Away. So scary. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't watch Spirited Away until I, just recently because I just uh, first off, I just am not the biggest fan of anime. I've been trying more and more of it, but it's, sometimes it just gets so fucking grating. Dude, I am where... jealous. You've seen Demon Slayer the movie, and I have not, but. Still yeah <laughs> i mean that's one where i'm i guess i just i kind of just have to shut that part of my brain off when i watch animes that where uh everybody explains how intelligent each other are or like what the other person's plan <laughs> is or just gives like so much expository dialogue within like not expository to anybody necessarily though that happens somewhat frequently but it's all internal they're like oh my god this is let me just let me tell you exactly what has happened here and why mm. it's important mm. and it's so like deliberate with saying mm -hmm. okay so this person you know do, did this the, you know not a, only so few people can do that the, this person must be important <laughs> so on and so forth and that stuff really can drive me crazy that's mm -hmm. i mean why i love porco rosso is because there's there's almost none of that in in Hayao Miyazaki films in general, which is why I think it is probably always going to be the greatest entrance as a Western audience member to see that. Cause like, I, I mean, I've seen some, I'm a lot, but I've seen some enough Japanese content now to know that that is kind of a prevailing thing in Japanese, like entertainment is that characters just do that. They talk in that particular way um, internally, yeah. usually about, mm -hmm you know what's going on and um and what have you and but Hayao Miyazaki movies don't do a lot of that it, there's definitely that in Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind where there is internal dialogue where she there a lot of the world building that she um you know she's a part of she's telling herself internally like oh man that's crazy that thing happened and let me tell you why it's crazy because this thing only does this thing when this thing is you know all of that stuff and but aside from that one which i really fucking like nausicaa and so much of it too is that like this film it is successful in being being concise goes a really long way like you can have all of this like silly weird shit that happens, but if you really stay true to just like I'm gonna get from point A to point B relatively efficiently, mm -hmm. it it speaks uh, like it really goes a long way because you don't have time as an audience or as a viewer to think about too much of the 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 details. You can just kind of live in the big picture stuff like, oh, I don't need to know everybody's name. It's just like or if the subtext is is for, or is communicated well that you don't have mm -hmm. to actually say certain things, you know. 
for sure you can just it, you're showing it mm-hmm. and then i can you know yeah i may not pick everything up but i it's i'd much rather and when you as and i mean a lot of their his his movies are are there's so many so many feel pieces and just being ambient moments in all of his movies that just being in in those in those moments um but yes continue no totally and i mean yeah you don't, you just don't need an explanation about how yeah so clearly and blatantly this is how i feel about a thing like i just mm. started watching um one punch man and there's <laughs> just in an, so much internal dialogue mm-hmm. about how he feels about everything yeah and there needs to be because a show where a guy could just solve all of his oh, conflicts with shit. the punch yeah there's that would be a it sounds like a dumb show uh, where about it like here like he just oh we can just beat anybody why would i watch that and all of that internal stuff that's going on I, it's been a while I, I think i stopped halfway through the second season i need to pick it back up mm-hmm. but uh that was that was something that yeah that 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 character um is interesting because of of those things and and as well as his abilities but that's not the overriding it's that's i mean i guess it's the overriding thing but everything else is 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 influenced by that and um his whole internal process is is a product of that characterization how people look at him uh but to see his how it comes across is both comedic and um ends up being very very interesting for something that like for me yeah i've just been more recently in my life dipping my toe into the world of anime and one punch man was one of one of those ones that I think was the beginning of it a bit of just kind of like, Oh, I'm in this mode mo- mood to kind of watch an anime. And, and, and that was one. And then demon slayer. And uh, now the one that I've, I'm almost done. It's only six episodes, but it's, it's truly a delight to watch is Yasuke with the flying Lotus one. Um, mm. uh, we, we were together. We were about to watch it one time. I think we, we landed on something else, but it's. Uh, I started watching it. It's very much like Black, uh, Afro Samurai, where it's yeah, it is this. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's yeah, just, I could see. Oh, I could it, see it like yeah, Afro Samurai. Mm-hmm. The animation yeah. and, and the whole presentation is just something that, while it has those elements of a traditional anime, you could see other creators using that medium to tell different stories, and I think that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Of uh for sure. for, especially for somebody who is just dipping their toe and doesn't know all those traditional forms of of anime or like certain things to expect and characters to expect and ways that the story is told in an anime where to some it might be uh more polarizing or more uh mm. more you're you're just un un like you're you're off put by what's going on you um after a little i realize like you after watching a little bit more i'm i'm understanding of what to expect because yeah i didn't watch dragon ball i watched like pokemon you know and i watched like avatar last airbender which are both very more catering to american audience and um i'm willing to accept that as well where yeah i might not get into some of the diehard diehard ones but i'll throw on one piece and that's like an old school kind of anime and 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 it has those those elements as well but it's it's such a blast to to watch that movie Mm -hmm. oh sorry that show and but sure. but also to understand how much history is, is behind it is 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 interesting and um 
and how like you're just yeah where you dip your toe in the river the river goes far back much further than than you know but you can you can see what it what it's like and uh and i think in my time just kind of like oh i'm gonna casually throw on cowboy bebop or or whatever like it's it's always been a, a fan fly by fancy sort of sort of thing that whenever you're in the mood beauty of streaming services and all that stuff you can kind of throw throw something like that on and and have a good time but i the miyazaki films is something that i want to i want to do de- a deep dive on and that's something that i enjoy hearing you talk about because it's uh it's something that i do kind of have to be in the mood for to to and in, to invest my time in because i I don't want to do anything else when I put one of his movies on. I just want to do that. I just want to focus on on that and I don't want to be distracted and cuz they just they bring you into the the world so so effectively in in a way that like is not sanitized kind of. And I and I think maybe that's why I give this movie a little bit more credit segue. Uh Spike is cool, a little yeah. bit more credit is like than maybe some someone else and, and everything and having my personal history with it. And I'm not watching it just 2021, 2020 to, to see what this kids kids movie is, is about. Like I, I appreciate, yeah, a little bit of that, that history and a little bit of the success that, that drove it to make sequels and everything, which I, I remember seeing the second one. I didn't, I thought that was pretty silly, but it, it was successful enough for him to go on and, and and make more along that line and it's just stuff like that is what it takes it takes someone to just like take that take that chance and i'm not saying this is not possible now it's just there's things like south park you know where it's like a show like south park might not the way that it's it's made and the characters that are in it and the things that they're able to get away with if you were just to start that show now you might not be able to get away with some of the things that they do but because south park Mm -hmm. has been doing it for so long they are able to do things that aren't necessarily like as easy for other shows to, to do that might be considered way too offensive um, or, or, or crossing a line, but it's, it's just South Park. You can expect that from South Park and uh, in a way that uh, will be entertaining as well. And, and, And it can have whatever sort of, sort of statement it's, it's trying to make it on top of that. But I guess, what I'm trying to say is that it would take someone. Yeah. Like at this time, Robert Rodriguez made this movie and it, and it was weird and and for everyone at the time as well, but it was successful for critics that it, and it made money that he continued to make more within this universe because Mm -hmm. it was successful. And I think just, yeah, if studios, I think can be too scared to put some weird shit out there because they're, they're worried how things are, how people are going to react. And and I'm sure there's plenty of examples of, of that happening happening not in a a good way but uh just to see something a little bit more just yeah one guy's vision that is unsanitized and a little bit more on the edgy side for for kids as far as like what what he's doing with like a kid's show being basically brain almost like a brainwash it's he has brain there's brainwashing elements to that character then i guess they're not really they could be with all the technology that floop has and, and all that stuff and uh i think that that was a fun idea and i i think these kind of movies are interesting for those reasons but i know that that's a bias that i that i have and i do understand people that have like the one star reviews like what the fuck what the i don't want to show this to to my child who was born Mm -hmm. last or like sorry like is a five-year-old now or something or i guess i saw it like a current 11 year old now that was you know born in 2010 or, or some shit and 
and is just in is getting turned on to to something like this um yeah yeah yes sir. i think we did it i think so yeah i don't have to yeah i don't have to do any other reviews we get the we get the idea i think those those couple were were interesting um oh adventures of shark boy and lava girl that was the other one that i was i was thinking of that vr sort of thing of just like that's just what robert rodriguez wanted to do sin city yeah just these things that um you do in a on a green screen kind of just very yeah. very into the and then like star wars uh prequels and on the all the green screen on just doing a whole movie on a green screen and just it's uh it's 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 easier. Oh, he's doing a Zorro TV series. Okay, all right. I'm I'm getting off track. Um, let's uh, let's do our reviews. Yeah, let's do the percentage. Um, I'll go first this time. Yes. Um, I pretty much yeah. Again, I I think I I go off on my my tangents that I'm I I feel like I get across. I've gotten across everything that I I feel about this movie, and we're we're pretty long on this on this podcast i feel as it is but this just to try to be short about it yeah this is something that i saw as a child that i really enjoyed went to the movies had a great movie experience related with junie and um and love james bond movies and i thought it was uh, a fun again i like adventures and it was edgy enough for me that i was just scared enough uh and it holds up in my own personal way today. Um, and it, this experience for me was enjoyable to, I think it, it helped me understand why I was had these ratings. I think a bit more kind of just even looking at some of those reviews and talking it out with you and mm -hmm. talking about, yeah, these kind of movies and, and this kind of angle, I think is really interesting for me, not just about, you know, we go through all this stuff about the movie, obviously, but yeah, these last portions of the podcast. Yeah. I think it's interesting to, to go on that angle and, and to see the critics just love it uh, so much um, was just something that uh, I honestly was kind of like surprised by that too. Cause I can see, I don't, yeah, I thought it would almost be the opposite where the critics might not like it for, I don't know why I thought that, but it, uh, it, it just sure. seemed, it just seems like a movie that not everyone's going to like. And I understand that. And I don't pretend to think that like, Oh no, what you don't like spy kids? What's wrong with you? Oh, that's great. And I'm sure a lot of these like audience people that are like reviewing it now, it's like, wow, I heard this was like there's like three there's four movies of it. It's gotta be good. I'll start with the first one. And it's like, what the what the fuck? Let me try the second one. What the fuck? Steve Buscemi's creating like an island of Dr. Dr. Moreau. I think that's what that mm -hmm. second one about is about. He's like creating he has like tiny little animals that he's creating. It's it's wild. And then the third one's in like a VR world. And yeah, it's just, those are some, some ideas that kids uh, would like. And um, yeah, for, so yeah, for, I was one of those kids. I enjoyed it. I had a good time, got it on DVD and almost all movies were great at that time. So I, I, I could have loved anything, but it was all, all a very fun experience to, to revisit it and realize that there's a lot of things that ideas that do hold up and that, uh, the cast from Antonio Banderas being super funny, Carla Gugino, Lover, and uh, the two kids were amazing kid actors. The villain I thought was um, Alan Cumming. Mm -hmm. 
uh, great villain, Tony Shalhoub, actual villain was, was somebody that I was just introduced to with this and men in black, I think. So he always had like a funny, weird voice to, oh, to me yeah. and, and, uh, maybe him being looking weird and everything. It's just like, Oh, that guy just looks weird. <laughs> Cause mm -hmm. he looks, he had the weird eye and, uh, and men in black yeah. as well. And I like that twist and never got bored being in a 80 something minute. But okay, yeah, my percentage do 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 calculating calculating third brain third brain calculating mm, it's gonna be a seventy eight percent. Wow. Wow. James, you still love this movie and it holds a place in your heart. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. I understand and, like this is not a movie that I'm going to put on a lot myself or anything, but it's just like, mm -hmm. I think, yeah, for, 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 for young, for young James out there, my, the child yeah. inside still lives and he enjoys this movie. I could do 70. Yeah. Somewhere like it's in the seven, 70, 70% range. And I might uh, slide up and down depending on how terrified I am of Floop as a madman, help us save us in a, in a given moment. But I feel good about that. I, I think this movie deserves uh, the credit that I'm giving it still. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, I I think this movie yeah, understands kids in a way that yeah. we've talked about that other movies don't quite understand it. Uh, because, yeah, you would sanitize that. You would also really cut a lot of like the, yeah, the gross minion stuff um but kids do like like yeah it's a misreading of the tea leaves if you don't think kids also like gross shit mm -hmm. you know kids like gross stuff and they also give their you know siblings shit and then you know they love their parents but you know they want to do their own thing as well yeah and have uh, have agency to it so there are things um a lot of things about this movie that I think still work, um, still work, still work well. I'll even, I was gonna, I was apprehensive about saying well, but I think there are things in this movie that work well still. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give this movie a 58%. And I put it around 58% because there's, there's also other kids' movies during this time that are better. Uh, mm -hmm. pretty objectively better. Um, and I'm not. What would you give Shrek? Tell me what you give Shrek. I was gonna, I Tell was me right now. Then. Let's rate Shrek. Oh my God, Shrek! <laughs> I think I'd give it an eighty. I think that's like 80, 80, 85 or something. Shrek is just such a weird movie. Yeah, I'm, I mean, am I rating things too high? I don't know. It's hard because it's like, what do you compare it to? I just like. I could put on Shrek right now and have a good time. And that was yeah. another, another DVD that like, uh, that mm -hmm. I had, but it's just, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that sliding scale of like, do these movies just get worse with age, especially these, like the 3ds or like the CG yeah. of like Shrek, the first Shrek mm -hmm. or something like, and the first, but then like, do you question the first toy story on the same principle? Like, is it not as good of a movie? Cause it just doesn't look as good as maybe some of the other ones. Um, because Toy Story is still still a great movie too. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the, you make choices when it back then when it came to how much you wanted to incorporate the CG stuff, and there was stuff in that in even Spy Kids that were CG that didn't need to be CG. Like the thumb people, there was a lot of times they were CG where they clearly had the equipment to make like people thumbs in them and have it give it a little yeah, put some guys in some suits. I would have liked. I mean, they had du yeah. dudes in the secret agent guys were in suits being the Fuglies. It would have blended in with that. I guess they put on the black suits. Maybe that's that was the only time. Yeah, sure. But there was like that stuff was great. But then there was times where they were CG and they looked like dog shit. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. also too, I just yeah, even the even floops. Okay, I'm getting back into it. But I know I'm sorry. My, no, my so yeah. Um, what did I say? I said 50, you said 58 no, for 58. Spy Kids. Yeah. Do you have a rating for Shrek? Oh yes, the uh, rating for Shrek is a sixty-nine percent. Hey, same as Spring Breakers, baby. Yeah, because both of those movies are yeah satirical in a way that is smart. It is satirical, but not isn't it? Huh? But not always effective. It's a it's a satire <laughs> of a fairy tale, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, 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 just Disney movies in general, and yeah. but like it's really so just in your face about like. Yeah. Yeah. Our Disney movies are fucking worst. <laughs> we're taking a piss out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna just take a fat fucking shit right <laughs> in the beginning of the movie. Uh, <laughs> hey now. Somebody wants to me. <laughs> oh yeah, he does take a shit, and then it goes into that song. That's right. Yep. Absolutely. And then yeah. This is our uh, hero. What? He's yeah, he's so stinky and smelly. He's stinky, smelly ogre man. Fun movie, fun movie. I like those special features mm. on that DVD. I'm telling you, this this time a DVD was fun. The the Grinch was a great DVD as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you remember if I if you can uh, entertain me one more time? If if you want to start thinking about the movie next week, I will tell you one hilarious DVD special feature if you don't mind from uh, around this time when Zoolander came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is this year as well. Is it this year? Okay, perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so this DVD menu would start and then Derek Zoolander would intro introduce the DVD menu and went button by button introducing all the buttons that you could press. All mm -hmm. I remember was the first one, which is just so funny. He's like, hi, welcome to the Zoolander DVD menu. The first button button is play. I know what you're thinking. This is a movie, not a play. Why don't they call it movie button? Well, a lot of these DVD menus were made in the olden times when movies were plays. Or wow. It was such, I was like, man, people took, uh, put so much effort into DVD menus. It just like, uh, like it goes, such, it means a, a lot. Such yeah. a fun, fun time. Um, it was. but anyways, were fun. yeah, there's a lot of just like, a lot of fun that's been out. Nine eleven hasn't happened. Let's have fun, people. Let's let's have a good time. Y two K, uh, didn't didn't destroy the world, and and we're all right. And uh, we got a year until we start making hardcore, um, I don't know, just disaster movies and shit. <laughs> like I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of movies. Obviously, this is no no hot take or anything. But yeah, just once nine eleven happens, the types of movies that come out. Uh, change. Yeah, I mean, I don't Gen know. Generally, generally, or just, yeah, or I just think... like the the sensibilities and and things that 
that are going on. And, and I don't know, it's just interesting to look at some of these, some of these movies too. It's yeah, it's not like everything changes, obviously, like they make a Shrek two after this and all that stuff, but, and they don't talk about nine 11 and Shrek two. That's not what I'm saying, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's just, uh, yeah, that things, things get towards that sort of yeah maybe the born identity sort of thing as well that sort of action and, and everything yeah, where it's just like that fear. that realism you know where it's not as like yes. we're having a great time it's more just kind of like fuck we're we have to deal deal with how intense and and real uh these injuries are from or like i don't know like casino royale or something too i know is a, a very uh grounded james bond movie and that's kind of after all the born stuff too Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but please please stop me is there have you been looking at any of the oh, z movies um we're gonna take a look at the polarizing movie list and decide on one for next week we have done a 2019 movie we have done two 2012s two 2001s um Genre wise, uh, two kid two kids life. movies. I guess Spring Breakers is a thriller. Cosmopolis is a drama. Mm-hmm. Um, thriller kind of too. And then Western bullshit, modern Western action adventure. I don't know. Fuck, fucking American Outlaws. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who's gonna listen to that ep- episode about American Outlaws. I don't know who's seen that movie. <laughs> no one. <laughs> Someone's gonna be like, "Oh, they they talked about American Outlaws. I love American Outlaws." <laughs> They're like, fuck, "Oh shit, yeah, yeah. fuck this movie." Is <laughs> uh, well, I mean, polarizing? So, what's polarizing to Spy Kids? What would be the polarizing movie? So, it would be a heavily adult movie, and then it wouldn't be an adventure. It would be a close, like tight. Uh, piece you know not a lot of location something mm. almost like a play what would be the lobster fuck is is kind of would probably be i'm trying to think do you see that movie other? was made to be polarized <laughs> those that and like the the killing of a sacred deer like that whatever that director's name is that that guy yeah that's that's a good good one i'm seeing saw is 50 percent critics 84 percent audience that's Let's a see, that's a what? horror movie. You know what? When is the when is the new Saw movie coming out? Oh, we can kind of coordinate around that. I was thinking that with Indiana Jones too. If you want to hold, I don't know if when that next Indiana Jones, if we'll still be doing this, but uh, that could be fun too. Um, yeah, that's coming out soon. If it comes out very soon, then this could be a good one. What is yeah, it? Let's... What is it called? It's called Spiral. Spiral. Oh, it's out in movie theaters right now. Crazy. Oh, it's in 4DX. Brand- Wait, or no. Never mind. It's at the 4DX theater. I'm like, oh my God, that would be terrible. Oh, man, that would be too much. Terrible. Too much, too much. Can you stream it? What? Spiral, or is it just in theaters? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, it might be on HBO Max. It seems like that would be the movie. That's what's been happening. Like- Spiral. Samuel Jackson is in it too. I wonder if that's mm-hmm. a. Oh. Um, He's in the trailer. 
Oh, okay. I guess I, I don't remember. Um, you know what? Let's do it. Cause yeah, that'd be, that'd it's be coming. Yeah. It's coming out. Like people are seen in theaters now anyways. It's, it's out. So yeah. Um, people are seen in theaters and then this is a good excuse. I, I'll see this. And then, I mean, I don't know the fact that this is God, like, it's so scary. this is scary. Led by Chris rock. and has like, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm like, I'm into that idea. That's actually a really good pitch for, yeah, me. we can even do a follow. I mean, if you want to do a follow up to, I mean, even if it's uh, not, we could do, even yeah, if it's okay. not polarizing, yeah. I don't know, maybe like a one-off just if people, if people yeah, want to yeah. check it out, we'll, we'll think about it. But, uh, so far it's riding a 53% on uh critic score but yes we will be doing saw next week yes uh in anticipation for spiral from the book of saw what a ah, man i guess we can talk about it more but so he's like producing this chris rock as well too right sure. he's just yeah. like i want the this, saw universe in my hands it really to me sounds like this money thing where there's just it's it's a boardroom pitch you're like this is how much these movies typically cost this is how much they've made this is how they've grown over the years <laughs> we know like, how to and, do this yeah. yeah like look at it so it's a machine fucking, yeah. like mathematically and like yeah mechanical mm -hmm. where you know he, he's probably looking I don't know. There's a part of me that just gets the sense, not to say that this is true, but that, yeah, you're just looking at it as more of an investment. And hopefully mm. he gives in a performance like if I invest myself, you know, as an actor into this project, like this will, I mean, because it's really going to be on him to drive this movie. Because like, I'm down to go see Spiral, even though I haven't seen, I stopped watching Saw movies after the second one. Yo, same here. Yeah, I only saw the first two, but it's fascinating to me that he is... Yeah, that this is this is happening and it's uh and it's continuing in in a new new state and I'm, the yeah and the people behind it. But man, I I would be lying if I said I was not a little bit scared to watch this first one because it's funny. We you you're the one that yep. yeah because again yep. I would did not see many scary movies as a as a child and I was a scared little boy and this was 2004. Oh. This is like the beginning of high school and so this is like I'm. I need to expand my mind a bit more, but I, we went over to your place. We should save this for next week. Anyways, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Like we saw this together. I was fucking terrified that night and I could not sleep. And I will retell the story next week, but I, I was at your place and I did not sleep that whole night. <laughs> I thought for sure that like a pig man was coming out of the closet and oh, gonna, man. and gonna fucking kill me. Um, oh, I'm, I will I'm just nervous. say, I, I'm also a scaredy cat as well. Like I just, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. And this is going to, this is you bastard. And you made me it, watch it. It's stressing me out. Just thinking about watching this, but you know what? I'm a fucking grown ass man. It's just <laughs> a damn movie. So, you know what? I'm going to make, you know, fuck this movie. Dude, I'm gonna I know it's just, it. it's all the start to the torture porn shit. Oh my God. Oh, all right. Well, okay. Yeah, we can't we can't keep going. All right, we we gotta we gotta wrap it up. All right, we d we did this Thank on you, everyone. We got our polarized Twitch. If anyone wants to watch us, typically Wednesday nights, polarized pod on Twitch. Rate and review us on Apple. We got a uh, Twitter polarized pod as well, where mm -hmm. we might do some tweeting live tweet stuff, or just let you know what remind you what movie is coming out next time or uh absolutely yep um yeah if things change with with the twitch we enjoy doing this live it's it's a fun experience um episodes should drop tuesday 
and thank you so much for joining us. I love you. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye.